My name is Dorothy Filarski, and uh, I'm the founder of CatholicMomsGroup.com and DynamicWomenFaith.com. We work in partnership with the Archdiocese of Toronto in helping parishes start mothers' groups. And of course, when COVID broke out, we couldn't have our face-to-face -face meetings anymore. And so we started hosting virtual meetings. We do have parish-based virtual meetings, and we do have this ministry uh, meeting, which is significantly different from a regular meeting. I should say that because our, our regular meetings is a little bit more prayerful and we don't have comedian Dorothy there all the time. Um, anyway, um, I also wanted to say hello, Andrea. Andrea, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, hi everyone. My name is Andrea Shriver, and the way it's spelled, you probably never know that's how you pronounce it. But um, so I'm based out of Kitchener, Ontario, in Canada, and I run a mother's ministry for the Waterloo region um, based out of St. Anthony um, Daniel Parish in Kitchener. So I just wanted to share today some of the different tips and tricks um, to still get your head around Lent, even though we just started it. Um, how can you still make, make the most of it for you and, and your kids? Good, so it's, it's really, really wonderful to have you here, Andrea. And uh, I'm also very happy to welcome Maureen Berry from Guelph, Lucy Pignatello from Mississauga. Uh, it's fantastic to have you all here. So I am gonna take a minute just to share one or two slides about our uh, ministry. And if you be patient with me, sometimes my technological savvy isn't always that great, but here we go. So don't you love that statue of our blessed mother? Um, she's right here behind me. <laughs> but so, yes, yeah, so we're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. Um, you know, many women in today's day and age, they kind of see motherhood as just a series of tasks, you know, like 101 things that you have to do. And our ministry is on a mission to remind moms that it's not just a series of tasks, that there are, you know, that there's a, there's a sacred element and that the relationship between the mother and child is sacred. It needs to be protected. It needs to be nurtured. And um, our ministry often turns um, daily, multiple times a day, uh, to our Blessed Mother, um, because our Blessed Mother, she wants to help us be better mothers, you know? Uh, who's Who would be better to, to take your lead, you know, like if you're gonna have a mentor in terms of being a mother, like why not our Blessed Mother? You know, she was the mother of Jesus and, and uh, and a lot of a lot of moms just don't even have like a good rock solid relationship with our blessed mother and they're missing so much supernatural power and they're missing so many graces and they're missing so much consolation so we also exist to encourage moms um you know to get to know our blessed mother because she's a, she's a good friend to have she's a good mom to have and so we, um, we host mother's groups. We help parishes start mother's groups. We also host an annual conference, the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. And that is coming up one week today. And so we help parishes start different kinds of mother's groups. 
Um, there are mothers groups that are mostly just moms and it's an evening group. Then we also um, teach or start you know, moms and tots groups. We've got curriculum for both the mothers and tots group and the uh, mothers groups. And we also help parishes start virtual, um, a, a virtual mothers group meeting such as this, although the, the mothers group meeting is significantly, significantly different because we all can see one another and we all get to know one another. Um, it, it's not, this is more webinar format. So um, yeah, so we start three types of mothers groups, moms alone, mothers and tots or virtual. We have a variety of different tools that we have created. We have two major publications. One is how to start a mother's group. The other one is a 52 week study guide. Uh, we have a mother's group starter kit that if you order the kit, you'll have everything that you need in that kit to run a mother's group for well more than a year. And we also host a workshop how to start a mother's group workshop. And recently we hosted that workshop virtually and our ministry is starting two new mother's groups smack in the middle of the pandemic. And so midday moms, these sessions on Thursday afternoons, we've been hosting them ever since COVID broke out because we wanted moms to know that we love you, we're here from you, and uh, we're here to support you. So I just want to say hello, uh, Michelle. Hi, Dorothy. I've told a couple of moms about the conference, although they've brought up that the time frame of the conference is not listed on the flyer. You're right. <laughs> it's not listed on the flyer. Uh, also, busy young moms don't know if they can tune in the whole day, so they're asking if there is access to uh, of the speakers and purchase tickets, of course. So um, just quickly about the conference, because uh, I don't want to take a lot of time talking about it, but um, the agenda, the detailed agenda is going out um, on Saturday morning and it'll go to everybody. It'll go to, if you're on our email distribution list, you're going to get a copy of that, um, of that uh, agenda. We're starting at 9 a.m. Um, and the Sisters of Life are praying the rosary starting at 9 a.m. But anyway, the full agenda is coming to you. We also have, you're the first to hear, I'm so excited. We have two additional speakers. Um, we have uh, Sister Helena Burns is going to be speaking. And so is uh, Father Thomas Lynch. And Father Thomas Lynch is the priest of Priests for Life. And he's gonna give a testimony of how the vocation of motherhood affected his vocation of priesthood and so i know i'm just like oh <laughs> like anyway so um thank you for your patience i keep on telling our ministry uh, not no, i keep on telling everybody our ministry is extremely extremely small like very small um you know, we do have, you know, 35 some odd mothers groups, but they're all volunteers. And anyway, I'm going on and on and on and on. Um, and that's not why we're here. But thanks, Michelle, for asking about the conference. And, uh, you know, you don't want to miss it. And, you know, if, if you can't watch the whole thing, you're going to have the agenda. And you can say to yourself, okay, I want to hear, you know, Father Thomas Lynch, and he's at this time. And so I'll tune in at that time. Um, so you don't have to, um, 
you know, you don't have to stay. Like you're on Zoom. No one's gonna know if you if you leave. So uh, <laughs> I promise I won't be checking. We don't have drones at your houses. Anyway, Andrea, we I, I wanted to extend a, a warm, warm welcome to you. Like Andrea, you've actually attended uh, one or two of the dynamic one of faith conferences is that right or one or oh yeah like for the past like five six years like it's uh it's, it's been such an inspiration and uh like i'm from the diocese of hamilton and we don't we don't have a, a women's conference so um when a couple of women told me about this I, I was like okay i'll check it out and like i just kept coming back every year after year like the speakers are amazing i come away filled um, with the Holy Spirit on fire to serve my family. It's, it's incredible. So yeah. it's, uh, you're doing something amazing, Dorothy. Yeah, well, and what you're doing now is taking that fire to your region. Um, Andrea's done an incredible job uh, in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. And uh, I love her to pieces. And she's a constant source of inspiration to me. And, uh, you know, the one thing I was saying to Andrea before we started was, like there's when you have good solid catholic girlfriends it's your life changes and your life changes dramatically because like you know something happens and you have you have women in your life that want you to become holy and they want your kids to become holy and they're not catty <laughs> anyway um i've been a part of you know a mother's ministry for you know over 24 years and it changed the trajectory of my life. It just changed it completely. Because when I was on the 100% corporate track, like, you know, women are stabbing you in the back, women are hooking up with guys, and you're kind of thinking, what the hell is this? You know, like, and then all of a sudden, when you find a bunch of Catholic women that are, you know, you just, I feel like so at home. So anyway, sorry, Andrea. So Andrea, what can we do to make Lent more meaningful for our children? Okay, so I think first it comes to understanding um, what Lent is and, and the season. And I think sometimes it can be so overwhelming, especially when you know, um, historically, when you look at fasting in the church and we're like, we're going to eat cabbage soup all for 40 days and we're only going to eat bread. Um, <laughs> And it can seem like, well, that's not attractive at all. Like, I, like I'm not up for that, like, especially being in lockdown. Um, and so I think explain to our kids, just starting off with the liturgical colors, right? Like our church, just like we have our earthly seasons, the church moves along in seasons um, to help us grow in the spiritual life. So I made these little vestments out of uh, felt and I just did a cutout, like, you'd be surprised how easy felt is to cut. And I just glued gun some, um, what you might call it, some, some ribbon we get up from the dollar store. And so we look at mass to be like, what, what vestment is father wearing? Well, he's wearing purple today. Well, what does purple mean? And um, talking about like how purple is a time of preparing and nurturing and waiting for something incredible to happen. And I think when we start off telling our children about um, the passion and the Easter story, giving that high level um, understanding, all the other pieces come together. Um, so what I want to do is me walk through um, Holy Week and use that as a basis to tie in some of these other 
tangible day-to-day -day activities you could do in your home. So first you begin, and I mean, you can use like storybook Bibles or I mean, whatever Bible you'll read is, is the right Bible for you. Um, so what I do is I'll, I'll usually talk to the kids, start off with uh, Spy Wednesday and about how um, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 coins. And so I found at uh, Dollar Tree because there's all these kind of St. Patrick stuff going on with gold coins. Um, and so I found it was a pack of 30. So what you do is I just hide it around the house. And this is something you can do if you are limited with places to go. And the kids love it. Like they like to see who can get the most kind of coins. Um, so we'll start with that. And then we'll go through Holy Thursday. And um, talking about how um, when Jesus washed the feet of, of the apostles, it's an act of, of service. It's an emptying of ourselves. Um, so even, oopsie daisy, oh my goodness, even like as a family, you can, you can do your own uh, washing of the feet and talking about like, how can we serve each other in our family, um, just as Jesus did. And now I don't know if uh, Dorothy, if many of the mothers are familiar with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Um, I'm like, I'm certainly not an expert in it, but I, I'm, I want to get certified because it's, I think it's really been a game changer in the way helping children approach the faith, um, to learn about it, to experience it, to make it real for them. And um, one of the things that they, they do is they use tools um, such as peg dolls to facilitate the gospel message. And so what I have here, it's kind of hard to see, but I have this Last Supper set of the 12 apostles. And like, you can get these at Michael's. They're, um, you don't need to be an artist to uh, to create them, but I just got, it's like comes in a four pack and you just use acrylic paint and uh, and then just mod podge them after. But my daughter and, and my son, like they use these continually throughout the year. So if you're looking for something to connect the gospel message, these are a great tool to um, to create. So after that, we go into the passion story. Um, and like, I know the Stations of the Cross are, those little booklets um, are really great tools. I know like Holy Heroes, they have an audio version of it. It's like an audio dramatization. But what I did is I got these little, I cut the picture out of the booklet. It's kind of hard to see here, but um, at the dollar store, they have these little, they're just like magnets. So you just put it in like a four by six oh, wow. and then it sticks to the fridge. Um, so throughout lunch, you can just keep them on the fridge and like your kids can doodle over it and wipe it off. Um, it's, and then you can interchange, um, you could do like the mysteries of the rosary, for example. That's another way that you could use it. And then um, what I found is using pictures, you could use rocks too, or wooden blocks, is different symbols throughout the passion. So Palm Sunday, or the dice that the soldiers drew um, for Jesus's cloak, or how 
Peter denied Jesus three times. And I was kind of impressed I could drop a chicken. I just thought <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and for Holy Thursday. So it's um I find like children they really relate when they have these uh tangible objects that they you you model it by reading the gospel using these, and then they go away on their own to to explore and see how the Holy Spirit is um, nudging them towards using these tools. And then I think just uh, one of the last things we um, have a, a break or get into some of the day-to-day -day items is talking about how Jesus was a real person. He walked to this earth. And I, I think it seems silly for us, but um, for children to make that connection is so important in their faith development. So what I did is you can go to the library, like get maps of Jerusalem. This is a cookbook, um, but it has some pictures throughout. So you can see like, this is where Jesus lived. Like these, um, this is some of the food that he ate. Um, and then there's also, if you have building blocks, like this is a Melissa and Doug castle set, but build your own Jerusalem, like build, these are Jenga blocks, right? Like build this, use these to build a city around it. These are cake stands from Wilton's, from Michael's, like for a temple, like <laughs> use whatever you have around the house um, to create like a, a physical representation um, of the life of Jesus. Yeah, so um, moms, if you have any ideas too that, you know, you want to share in the chat box, you know, go ahead. Uh, you can, you know, share some of your ideas. Um, one thing too that, you know, I know it's impossible right now, but um, I guess my heart was always kind of a little bit broken um, when I would go to the Stations of the Cross and I would see like so few um, families with their children right? Because if you make that commitment to go every Friday, you know, when the churches are open to the stations of the cross, you're like, you're, you're instilling in them a very sacred tradition, right? And, um, you know, children very naturally like the church because there's these statues, there's these stained windows, there's a lot of place to, you know, kind of run around and, you know, there's a lot of people that pay attention to them. And if you go during uh, for Stations of the Cross, um, because there's so few people there, you don't have to become as self-conscious about their presence, right? And then the other thing is too, that, you know, you're getting them in the habit of, you know, reading the booklet and, you know, asking them to follow along and if they don't understand, that's okay. They're gonna grow in understanding and what you're doing um, is building that tradition. I know that our pair, like the, there's a parish, St. Maximilian Colvin, not too far away from me. And uh, you know, you could go in there for prayer. So if, you're, if your parishes are open for prayer, why not take your two kids or three kids or whatever and do the stations together, you know, and something, you know, like I know Monica, when she was little, she used to like to 
you know, pile up all the hymnals, like 30 of them in a stack, <laughs> you know, but it's kind of like, well, that's okay, right? Like, I think that sometimes we as mothers, like, we get so angry and then we don't take them to church because we're angry. They're having a blast. They're having a good time, but it's our own, sometimes our own limitations and our lack of patience, right? So if you can, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, take, and I, I, you know what I love about what you're doing, Andrea, is you're having conversations with your kids and you have tangible activities. So this is like so cool. Like you're not leaving it to the school or leaving it to the catechist. Like you're talking about Jesus. And that's very, very, very cool. I love the, the I love how you have the last supper there. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're so right, Dorothy. Like I think as, as mothers, like we really need to take that responsibility. Like we're the ones that are going to impart the faith and um, I mean, the schools are doing what you can and it's really hit and miss with who the teacher is. But um, yeah, like I think we're really fortunate where we have access to so many amazing printables and tools and resources um, that it'd be silly for us not to incorporate this in, into our home. Um, yeah, so I mean, just talking about like some more of the traditional practices along with Stations of the Cross, which is such a, such a beautiful devotion and definitely encourage, as you said, Dorothy, families to go. I know I've heard um, some families do like soup and stations every Friday and talk about kind of the acts of charity and sacrifices that they did throughout the week. Um, but one other way to, a tangible way for children to make the connection is um, through a crown of thorns. So I got this at Dollar Tree the other day this wreath and then it just stuck toothpicks in it. Um, I don't necessarily, if I recommend this for little ones, maybe for a bit older kids, but um, once, uh, if a child has done an act of charity um, or made a sacrifice, you can encourage them to take a toothpick out and put it in a jar. And what it symbolizes is consoling the heart of Jesus. Um, so that hopefully by the end of Lent, it'll be empty um, and we'll, it will be a, um, a, a, a non-crown uh, of thorns. Um, That's such a beautiful practice, eh? That we do have the power to console Jesus by our sacrifices and by our good acts. That's, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful tradition. Oh, for sure, for sure. I know I've seen it other ways where like you get a jar and like you put a bean in it or a rock. And then when Easter comes, it turns into jelly beans. Um, so that's like, th there's lots of ways to go about it. Um, and then for little ones, if you don't feel comfortable with them uh, playing around with toothpicks, um, you can even get like a little garden pod. So throughout Lent, water it so that when Easter grows, you'll have flowers and how um, making that connection with during Lent we need to nurture our faith. We need um, to be patient and wait for good things to come. Well, there's there's one mom here asking a question. Um, so good to incorporate these activities when children are young. I was raised with listening to readings and family prayer. I try to do the same with my teens, but they roll their eyes. How can I update what I'm doing to be more interesting with the new generation? Well. 
you know, there's there's a couple of different things. Like I think that um, one thing that I did that it I, I didn't know it was going to work for me and it, it kind of worked for me by accident um, was that whenever the kids questioned something about the Catholic faith because they had lots of questions um, is I always had the, you know, the catechism of the Catholic church um, handy. And I'd say, you know what? I really don't know what that answer is. And um, let's flip through the catechism and let's find out. Or, um, you know, I'd say, and, and, and then, or else sometimes I would say, oh, we're okay, we're gonna go to mass next week. And, you know, I love talking to father after mass. Let's brainstorm some questions that we're gonna ask him after mass. So, you know, so what that does too, is it builds relationship between the teen and the priest. It also acknowledges that me as mom, I don't know everything, but just because I don't know everything, doesn't mean I don't have access to that information. And so, you know, just to give you an example, um, you know, my son now is, is 23. And I can't tell you how many times he said to me, oh, I was reading the Catholic catechism the other day because I wasn't sure about this. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and he, so he would Google it. Right? <laughs> so I think kind of like modeling the fact that there are, you know, books around. The, the other thing is too, um, Paula, is, you know, and you're very smart because uh, like a lot of mothers use the same tactics for every age and yes the peg doll is great when they're this age but obviously a peg doll isn't going to work for a 16 year old and we as mothers have to uh, evolve and change right so um you know one thing as they start getting older is maybe getting them involved in a youth group so that they meet other people you know Another thing could be, obviously not now, but you know, uh, we did have our kids go to uh, the Franciscan University of Steubenville for their youth retreats, right? Which is another thing to do. The other thing I, I wanna encourage each of you, if you haven't, if, if you don't own these yet, I, I'm gonna, I will come to your house and check to see if you've got them. <laughs> but uh, our family just loved, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, what's his name, Father um, Lavasic or Father oh. Lavashi. So these little books, yes. um, you know, my first prayer book, uh, the Holy Rosary, the Promises of the Sacred Heart. Look how old that one is. You know, angels, God's messengers, the Holy Eucharist. My first prayer book. You know, and so when we go to mass, I'd be like, okay, well, you're getting older now. And as you're older, like you need to be praying. So here's your prayer book, right? Um, there's also a stations of the cross. Like I, I just, oh, I love this one. Prayers for every day. Like sometimes I prefer praying out of this than I do out of the adults because the prayers, like even for myself personally, because they're so simple and they're so beautiful. Um, so I would encourage um, spiritual reading as well. And let's pretend you're reading a book and you're reading St. Teresa of Avila's book and there's a paragraph that just boing, right? 
And if your kids are in, in close by, you know, you could say, oh, I'm reading this book by St. Teresa of Avila and there's this one sentence and what do you think? And then like your kids come around you, you read the one sentence and then you, you, you know what I mean? So you're not gonna have them read the whole book, but as teens, you can engage them uh, in that way. Anyway, sorry for going uh, on it here. Okay, Maureen, great ideas for young moms out there. I remember laminated placemats or pictures of my children's artwork like painted cross, school billboard sign, spiritual ladies group I belong to. We plan to donate a meal again to the local drop-in center, volunteering at the food bank. Um, yeah, we, we live very close to Dr. Simone's uh, warehouse, a youth retreat. So um, yes, and so, you know, all of these little activities. Sorry, Andrea, I keep on interrupting you. No, that, that's okay. I think that's a good segue, Dorothy, like, because you're right, it's, it's experiences that help children make um, that connection with the faith um, of faith and works, right? We're not just learning catechism all day. Um, so like, I came up with uh, this idea and there's different variations I've seen going on in Pinterest and um, sources like Catholic icing. Um, but this one, I just, it's like a three um, planter thing, a dollarama. And I found these little clips uh, to label them. So what I do with praise, so every night I do, um, bedtime prayers with the kid. And part of that is intention prayers. So what I've done is every day we'll pick um, who in our family or in our community um, to pray for that night. And then with fasting, um, I mean, depending on the age and um, maybe you can brainstorm this as a family. Could it, So it could be like no screen time after five or um, avoid whining today. I mean, like that's Come on, I think that's something we all challenge. Um, but then with give, I think this is really where the experience comes in and tying in um, lessons. Like I found this vintage book on the uh, corporal works of mercy and talking about like, what does that look like for a child? Um, so I brainstormed some different things like, um, what is this one? Put a piece of clothing in the donation box. Um, put some um, non-perishable foods in the uh, bin to give to St. Vincent de Paul. Um, so, I mean, even though we can't um, do as much volunteering like in soup kitchens and shelters, uh, we can still give things and drop them off. So I think for a child um, or even a teen to physically um, make that connection can, can be huge. And um, I, I saw there was a comment about laminated placemats and I came across this one at Amazon. Um, I mean, this can be another way to talk about why we don't eat meat on Fridays and get the kids involved in uh, meal planning, um, something other than noodles. Um, so, I mean, I have this bin I got from Ikea of all kinds of um, felt food. And this is like sidebar, um, if you're looking into imaginary play, felt is great. You just throw it in the wash if it gets dirty. Um, so talking about uh, like cold-blooded animals. And anyways, they, they can put on their plate what, uh, what they can think. So I mean, really like all of these things are just um, tools to facilitate, right? And to um, open up the conversations, as you said, Dorothy. Um, I know, um, 
just in regards to when children become teens, then I mean we need to we need to adapt the way that we impart the faith. I've also heard about going along with the child's cues. So for example, if your child is really into like medieval things um, or old history, like taking them to gorgeous churches and buildings with all those architectural details, exposing them to, to beauty that way um, can be another meaningful experience to make that faith meaningful. And, and I always say too, you know, to like, I think for probably, gosh, this was, I know this isn't maybe for everybody, but um, I don't know about you with like, you know, younger mom, when you have younger children, like sometimes, you know, your, your nights are exhausting and sometimes you wake up and the dishes are still there from yesterday because you didn't sleep all night and you had a fight with somebody and there's a baby screaming and so, and, and you know, and so sometimes it's just extremely, extremely overwhelming being a mom. And I know that my husband too, he traveled a lot. He, he was often away on business. So, you know, very often my kids would often get their earaches <laughs> to visit to emergency when, uh, when, when he was on a business trip. And so I don't know where this came from, but I, I was given, um, you know, a, a grace, I think it, a grace from God, because I think as moms, we, we often just think that we're not enough, right? You know, the house isn't clean enough. We haven't taught them enough. We, the health, the food isn't healthy enough. And I don't know if any of you moms kind of battle that, you know, that I'm not enough. And I was given this God-given grace when the kids were very little. And, and I don't know whether it was a voice or a sensing, or I don't know what it was, but it was this thing that, well, Dorothy, if the only thing you do every single day is take your two little ones to mass, that's enough. You've done everything. You don't need to do anything else. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? And so I, I decided to like experiment with that. And these when these were when the kids were, you know, very little. And I think from basically from the day they were born till gosh, like JK, the one that five or six years, you know, they were taken by me to daily mass. And um, and it I don't know, when I centered my entire day around mass, everything else seemed to fall in place. Cause then after mass, I'd go to Metro and I'd pick up a chicken or I'd be at mass. And then someone would say something, you know, the priest that would encourage me. And so um, I, like, again, I know it's hard now, but whenever you're doing these things with your children, it's always really important too, to add an element of fun to it, right? So this is what I love about all the things that you're doing because you know you're making the faith like so much fun, and um, I used to take my kids to the airport for mass, and there was this little train that went between the two terminals, and I would say to them, "Okay, we're going to go to the mass. It's really short, and then if you guys behave at mass, we're going to take a ride on the train between the terminals." And they would just be so excited, right? <laughs> or yeah yeah so like you, you yes you want to pass down the faith right and and pray about whether or not you know you can um you know make even short visits to eucharistic adoration right um and then 
like sometimes we would go to noon mass and then there'd be a lady there that we knew and then she would say i want to treat all of you to a chocolate sundae after the mass right and so you know it, just to try to always include an element of fun because it's, it's all this like serious you got to pray and jesus suffered and you got to make sacrifices if it's all kind of um and we don't focus on the resurrection you know and the joy then um it, you know it could be difficult in, in passing the faith down so try to you know i always say try to include an element of fun i keep on interrupting you i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, no, I think that this is a great like back back and forth. I think like it's um, I think it's pretty incredible because like it's uh, it, it just makes me think of like oh yeah, how can I add on to that? Because like just talking about like making mass fun for kids, um, and not like racking your brain just trying to like like keep them down. Um, I came across like this diaper caddy. It has like six different compartments. Um, so when here like I'll have when I bring the the kids to mass um. There's this like awesome magnetic um, church thing with different magnets. So like they can watch, um, observe what father's doing, what the lector's doing. Um, so that's definitely like one go-to that you can use throughout the year. Um, but then I also love, I don't know if you've heard about these, they're called shining light dolls. They come in a plush and uh, they're kind of like a vinyl material, but like great even for infants. Um, to talk about the saints every day, have them part of their, their regular toys. And they come with like this suit. Someone's asking about that magnetic book. Can you oh, yes. Yeah, it's called, um, it's called by We Believers, W-E-E. -E. I think I got, I saw it on Amazon a while back. So this may be something that um, can do a, a quick search. I'm trying to see if I can show you the manufacturer. Um, but another great way to support this ministry, right, by going to the Catholic Moms Group and ordering from Amazon, um, if you're going to get it anyways. Um, and then what are some, oh yeah, these are another thing I came across from Modern Catholic Goods. Um, they're ABC Catholic cards. So these are great, like, you just show, um, they're different components of the faith. So angel, baptism. Holy Spirit. It's kind of hard to show with the, uh, I would put the link, it's called Just Love Prince, but they're laminated. So even if they get dirty, you just wipe it off. So this is great, like just to expose children to the different aspects of the faith and um, to get them to ask questions and to point it out to where they see in the church. Yeah, well, this is, and um, maybe too, uh, Andrea, at one point when you have the time, you can make a, a list of those things and then I can, sure. I can send it out to, uh, and you know what I really like, Andrea, too, is I really like that whatever you're bringing to mass is something related to the faith, right? Yes. Because I, I remember once I went to mass and uh, it, I don't know, it was kind of heartbreaking because the the mom and dad brought for their daughter like this very very huge brand new doll that she like she was dressed the doll was dressed immaculately and and the and the daughter spent the entire mass playing with the doll and i like i don't want to judge anyone because that's not what we're here for but you know, we're trying to pass down the faith and it's important not to 
expect too little of our children, right? Like that while they're in church, um, that, you know, for that 45 minutes that they be focused, you know, that's why I love these little books by Father Lashik, because, okay, if let's say they couldn't follow the mass, but then they would be sitting there and they'd be flipping these pictures. And so at least, you know, there's a component of the, the faith, right? Because if, if, if a child's going to spend 45 minutes playing with cars, well, then they haven't really had a, like a spiritual encounter. And I think that the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, um, they do a really, really good job of educating moms that, well, in fact, children, their spiritual encounters are often deeper than ours. And our faith could grow dramatically based on uh, um, uh, you know, us responding to them, right? And so we don't want to kind of get rid of the mystical at mass by giving them, you know, fire engines and dolls and the, to, to keep a mystical and a faith-filled uh, component to it if, if, if you can, right? Well, for sure. And I think like kids, like they take our, our cues, right? So if, um, if father's during the epiclesis and then he does it lifts lifts the host and then we go like that's jesus this jesus is here like he loves you um tell him he loves you like they, they get excited like i know um i try to bring well try i try to bring my uh my toddler son to daily mass um and as soon as we go in he looks to the tabernacle and he says jesus the angels the angels um and then i'll look to the statue of the holy family he's like mama mary saint joseph like he's two right so you can imagine if you're creating these foundations um what what are children going to be receptive to down the road um so yeah you're you're right like never don't don't be afraid like that is too boring or it's uh not with the times i know um i think it was a couple of years ago my daughter was just starting with the good shepherd program and maybe that they were learning about the annunciation um but my daughter asked a question like Mom, if St. Joseph wasn't Jesus's biological father, then why is he still his father? So you start to, like wow. even a four-year-old, right? Right. Um, so I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to celebrate this solemnity of St. Joseph um, coming up later this month. Like even at home sense, I got a little figure of the Holy Family and, um, yeah, like just getting figures around the house, like a hammer and nails and lilies um, and talking about like how St. Joseph is our guardian and protector, like doing dress up, get a pillow, a brown pillowcase, right? How he was, uh, how he worked hard to provide for the Holy Family, right? It's like kids love dress up. Um, so out of a pillowcase you made, let, let's see what you made there. Okay, so basically I just cut up three holes. So a hole in the, uh, for the head. And this is great for all saints too, right? Like whatever, just a hole for the head and they fit kids perfectly. And then a hole on each side for the arm. And then you can do the same with, uh, with habits. Like just get, uh, a headband and get a white pillowcase and a black pillowcase or blue or whatever order it is. Um, yeah, I, I wish you could do like an All Saints uh, episode down the road because it's uh, there's so many fun ideas out there. 
And the, the other thing too that uh, we used to do in, you know, even more during Lent, I'm just gonna put it in here, is uh, CCC of America. They have um, saints videos that are actually, they're like Disney quality, right? And so kids, oh, can I watch a video? Can I watch a video? I'd be like, sure, <laughs> give them a saints video. Right. And then if they wanted to watch some other video, I'd say first we gotta do the Saints video, right? And I think they do they've got like twelve or fifteen Saints. And um, you know, we bought the entire set um more than once because in my mind, you know, these years when children are little really are the time to kind of you know build familiarity with the Saints, with the symbols. Um, I love how you have like so many things in your home that, you know, it's very clear and very obvious that your home is a Catholic home. You know, you've got the Last Supper there, right there which, is, uh, which is fantastic. So I, I would also, you know, another thing that you could do is, is these saints videos is to introduce them, you know, during the saints. Um, and then Paola Marshall also says, Formed has amazing movies for kids and resources for Lent. Some parishes have subscriptions for their parishioners. Yes, uh, you know, Formed is fantastic. And I know um, Paola, actually, she used to be the mother's group leader at our a mother's group in uh, Port Credit St. Christopher's. And her family used to go on these uh, family retreats, right? Now, I don't know whether that would have flown in my home, but, you know, some you know, some families go on fam family retreats to a cottage or to a camp for a week. And, and of course, you know, COVID is limiting us um, right now. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, but, you know, when I, when my son was, I don't know, I think he was seven or eight, I don't know. And he goes, mom, like, why are, why are Catholics so weird? And and so if your child says something like that, right, it's really important to invite conversation with him. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's interesting that you think, you know, Catholics are weird. Like, why do you think Catholics are weird? And he goes, oh, when I go to so-and-so's house, you know, she won't allow us to have any juice. It's all water all the time. And you know, they could never have any dessert because like they're so like strict. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's maybe one thing, you know, but, you know, that's maybe one thing that, you know, Mrs. So-and-so does, but maybe she wants her kids like to be healthy. Maybe it's not to do with the fact that, you know, she's Catholic. And then he's like, well, okay. And then I'm going, well, why else are they weird, right? And it goes, well, it goes like, a lot of them like wear really long skirts and they don't like wear kind of like hipster kind of, and I'm like, yeah, I guess we do know quite a few of those ladies with the really long skirts. And, and so then we would have a conversation about that. Um, but th the thing that I got from that conversation, my son was at seven years old, very intelligently, he was able to articulate what he perceived as being weird about the Catholics that he met in our community, right? Because we did go to a, a private independent school and it did, you know, it did draw some very fundamental Orthodox conservative Catholics. And so 
I, the, the point I'm trying to make here is it's so important to allow that conversation and to ask, you know, why and to listen and not to get, you know, mad and to, to react. And then like after we had the conversation and, and he listed the seven things, you know, I always say I should write a blog post about it. it it's sort of like, I'm like, well, you know what, on a certain level, he's right. And we don't want to come across as, you know, the mother that's like wearing the scapular and has a badge of, you know, Eucharistic adoration on her and, you know, is screaming out Jesus, Jesus all the time. Like the kids need to feel that they belong to a normal family, right? And that we fit in with other families, that it's not kind of this, you know, like not every coloring book and not every excursion and, you know, not everything, you know, has to be related to our faith. And so like, sometimes I would make it a point to do things that I knew would wow my kids and they'd go like, oh, I'm really happy to belong to this family. And one of those things when they were in their teens, I'm like, okay, we did it all on points, but we're going to Los Angeles, right? And we're going to Hollywood. And and there was something, you know, like, because it's like all of a sudden now here you are in Malibu, and then you're finding the local church in Malibu, and you're going shopping in Beverly Hills. But, you know, like, and so we really want to kind of, and I know, I'm not telling everybody to go to Los Angeles, but, it's, but, but wherever, and it was all on points, but wherever you can, like, you know, how can I bring joy to my kids? Um, and how can I, um, you know, bring love to them? And how can I make them feel that, you know, we're not weird because we're Catholic, you know? And th this is one of the reasons why I, I love midday moms and I love meeting other mothers so that all other mothers can see, right? <laughs> that we're normal people that, uh, you know, that love our Lord. <laughs> anyway, sorry for, I, I know I go on and on too much sometimes. No, you're, you're so right, Dorothy. Like, I think there needs to be that, uh, that balance, right? And cause, cause you're right. Like to, to the secular world, it's like, we can, we can look like a bunch of weirdos if all we're doing is looks like we live in a monastery, right? Like, um, I know with my, my daughter, like she really looks forward to planning her birthday party every year. Well, I mean, all kids are obsessed with their birthdays, right? But like that becomes our little project. So like if we come across a little knickknack for decorations, um, like it, we just get really excited about it. So, I mean, of, of course, like I, I do integrate a lot of these toys yes, with yes, yes, yeah. regular toys. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, you're, you're so right, right? It needs to find that balance. We're in the world, but not of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think just take some discernment about what activities, what friends, what products do you want in your home, for sure. Yeah, and Roseanne Lista says here, we used to have Catholic movie nights for kids pre-COVID at Our Lady of Peace, and the kids really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I encourage you, too, to visit, you know, Salt and Light uh, TV, because I uh, they have great DVDs, and I know that the confirmation program that they had at the parish was like minimalistic, and so then I purchased their youth DVD set, and, you know, so then they saw kind of like other kids, Catholics their age that were open about the faith, so um, the, the other thing too, I, I don't know how I missed this, but uh, I love having holy water at home, and so uh, 
every morning, you know, when the kids were little, I would bless them with holy water. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son. And they're like, mommy, mommy, can I bless you? And then they would bless me. And then before they go to sleep, you know, I bless you in the name of the Father. And, and then, uh, you know, then Michael or Monica would laugh and say, oh, am I holy now? And I said, oh, almost, right? So the use of sacramentals uh, and, of course, you know, morning prayer, evening prayer and uh, grace before meals. Yeah. So you, you've got something there to show us? Oh, yeah. I was just saying, so we had um, like a parish sacramental swap a couple years ago. And one of the things that I got was like a little holy water font. Um, and you're so right, like it's great to have by the door. And even though they don't have um, holy water fonts filled at the churches, you can still go to the office to ask, like bring a little jar and ask for it to be filled. Um, so I just have like a little one on hand. Um, but yeah, like this is one of the traditions that we really need to get back in because um, there's so many graces. I mean, like even St. Teresa of Avila said that uh, like Satan hates holy water. So it's like, go sprinkle, like, oh, <laughs> put on your windows, put on your doors, like make it rain. Like, <laughs> I always they're, say they're cooking dinner for your husband, put in a little bit of holy water. You know? Yeah, on the coffee, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, blessed, oh, Doesn't oh, hurt, right? You're blessed all <laughs> for teenagers, you know? <laughs> like, or, um, you know, like sometimes if even not too long ago, my son was going on a, a trip to Europe a couple of years ago, I'm like putting a blessed miraculous medal in his backpack, you know, so these sacramentals do have a, a tremendous amount of power. One thing too, I wanted to share with you that I did again, when my kids were little, I got a big, big black uh, Bristol board. And then in the, at, at the bottom of it, I put a picture of Jesus. And then I cut out like a half circle that was yellow. And so I said, okay, in the world, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of people, and that when you do a good activity, or when you go do a good thing, whether it's a sacrifice, whether it's a prayer, whether it's, you know, and not talking badly about people, I said, you're adding sunshine into the world. So then I cut these yellow strips. And I said, okay, what did you do today that was good? And then I would write it on the yellow strip throughout Lent. And so this black Bristol board became like this shining, you know, and I said that you, by doing these things, by saying the prayers, by going to visit grandma at the hospital, by using holy water, and I would ask them, what good did you do today? And then we'd put it on. And then by the time Easter came, I said, look at all the goodness you've brought into the world. So um, that was something that, you know, a tradition I really looked forward to every year. Maybe I should try it again. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? It's like, you're, you're so great. We need to bring back that joy. Remember, like, what, why are we doing all this for? Um, I know, uh, I know there's the other tradition of like during the Alleluia. Um, so and I know depending on what part of the world you're from, like can be, uh, the ground can be frozen right now. Um, but I have like this, this is a he is risen banner, but I mean, whatever. Um, and then I just put it in a little box and then you can just like put it in a cabinet up high or under the couch so that when Easter comes, um, another way that you can celebrate is to put the banner up um, and to, to have that up throughout the Easter season, right? The, the reason for faith. Yeah, I know that um, my cousin, uh, Anita Healy, that 
I don't want to, I don't want to be, but I know that for like Easter Sunday, like her house is filled with flowers. Like she really, really, so we go from the Oster and the dark to flowers and flowers and flowers that, you know, he has risen. Um, so Rosanna Lista is asking, where did you get the holy water font? She's asking. Um, well, I got this when there was like a sacramental swap at our parish a couple of years ago. Um, but I'm sure like if you go to um, the Catholic company or, or do a search on water, holy water fonts, you'll, you'll be able to find some that you can put on your wall. I can try to source, see if there's a couple of vendors that, uh, that you can order from. Yeah, and I find too that often if you talk to your parish priest, that many times when seniors pass away, there's this treasure trove of beautiful prayer cards and prayer books and statues. And, you know, oftentimes their kids don't want it. And so I'm sure if you asked your pastor, he's probably got a couple of uh, holy water fonts in, uh, in, in the drawer. So, oh my gosh, it's three o'clock. <laughs> Where did that time go? Um, so Andrea, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or any closing suggestions or I, I think it's just like don't don't put I think comparison is a thief of joy right so if you're like well I don't I don't have all these Montessori tools I don't have those fancy flashcards like don't beat yourself up like focus on the gospel um so I mean if all you can do throughout Lent is focus on the Sunday gospel each week with your children show them a quick YouTube video take them to mass as you said Dorothy like that's, that's incredible. Like all of these are add-ons um, that help facilitate discussions and explore the faith and help you grow. Yeah, and, um, and, and too, you know, like whenever something happens in the news that is a bit remarkable, right? Like let's say for example, there was that, I forget his name or whatever, but there was that terrible, terrible, terrible situation where that a drunk driver hit a truck or hit a van full of children and the children oh, killed. Yes. And, um, and, and so as your kids grow older and something like that happens, it's like, okay, Michael, okay, Monica, because they were that age where they're going clubbing, they're going here, they're going there. It's like, I know I sound like an old lady and a broken record, but can you see now why the church considers you know, being drunk, a sin? And like, what is a sin? A sin is when you separate yourself from God by doing things that bring harm to yourself and to others, right? And so how do you think, you know, the, the driver must have felt? How do you think the mother, you know, must have felt? And and so, because like sometimes, you know, there are so many kind of sins that are sins and most a lot of people don't even know that they're sins and they never get talked about. And like, you can't sit there and say, okay, here are the, you know, 32 sins, but you can with a teenager, give them an examination of conscience at Lent, right? And say, okay, the, you know, our church is still open on Saturday mornings for the sacrament of reconciliation. So another thing as kids are growing older is to give them, um, is to give them uh, an age appropriate examination of conscience, right? And to use common day occurrences, you know, to actually animate, you know, the gospel. So when, when Monica was about 10, um, she was being bullied, 
you know, by this one girl on the bus at whatever. And, you know, I used to always say, well, you know, I wonder what's going on with so-and-so. I wonder like, maybe we, you know, should pray for her. Maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. And, um, you know, and so I did two things. We, we prayed for this girl that was bullying her. And then uh, we found out later that her mom actually had cancer right and that the daughter's reaction to monica was related to all the stress that she had at home so we we prayed for this girl but then another thing that we did i said you know like monica i know that you're you know like she was trying to get her to move off of a seat off the bus and trying to make her sit at the back you know and uh and, and Monica was really, really afraid of her. And it was almost like unusually afraid, right? And I'm like, Monica, every time you look at this girl and you say to her, no, I'm not moving. I'm sitting right here. You know, this, I deserve this spot just like anybody else, right? Because we practice the wording. I said, every time you say those words and you say it with love and you say it with, not with sass, but you say it kindly, I said, every time you do that this week on the bus, every time you do that, I'm going to give you five bucks. <laughs> yeah, people do anything for money. It's such <laughs> yeah, I, I know that some people are like, oh my gosh, you didn't really do that, did you? And I said, well, you know what? I could go pay a psychologist 120 bucks an hour to talk about why is Monica afraid to stand up for herself, right? Like I could pay a psychologist and it was, it's okay for me to pay the psychologist and go for these meetings, but it's not okay for, to give her an incentive. And uh, you know what? She said about 10 times that week and she claimed her spot on the bus. I said, so long as you do it with love, as long as you do it with a smile on your face, and so long as you're telling the, you know, the truth, we're good. Because um, we have to help our girls sometimes, you know, build, uh, you know, some confidence in these, you know, because girls can be, we could do an entirely different session on this. We could do a, a whole session on how catty girls are to other girls, but that exceeds whatever. But um, anyway, uh, I think we've covered a lot of different ideas. Um, Andrea, thank you uh, so, so, so much. Um, you know, you're such an inspiration to me. And uh, we're so happy that you were able to join us. And I wanted to um, thank everybody that joined us today. And um, if you haven't already registered for the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference, uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you there. And uh, I always like to end with a song, right? I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started and before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Paula, you, you mentioned about your daughter with the issues. Um, I've got like three really good books that help me with my daughter. So I'll, uh, I'll email them to you because I, I know Paula. Um, anyway, so um, thank you uh, all of you for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate, please follow us on Instagram. Please, you know, like us on Facebook. And please, if you find it in your heart, you know, to make a donation, our ministry depends on them. 
we have some really exciting news and developments coming up about our ministry, but I, I can't tell you now, but maybe I'll be ready to tell you about the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. So that's the next time we'll see one another. So we'll see you at the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. Okay. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you, Dorothy. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.